AM 1060 KDUS Tempe Phoenix and KSLX HD2 Scottsdale Phoenix. It's now time to enter the sports zone with your host, Bob Kemp. Craycraft on the move. Thompson's got the ball. Here they come, and there he goes with a wobbly pass. It's picked off, and that's the first interception by Gardner. Tenth play of this drive. Hartman will keep it, and he'll score. Great sequence by Sam Hartman. Fourth quarter. DJ is Third and ten. Dalton steps up. Picked off at the 40-yard line. Isaiah Simmons. Simmons down the sideline. Simmons inbounds. Simmons all the way. Once again, the 3-2 pitch. And a fly ball hit to center. He hit it well. Back of the warning track. Back of the wall. And it is gone. A home run for Corbin Carroll. A three-run shot. Three-nothing Diamondbacks. Boy, is that good to see. That ball was blasted. The pitch. Swung on and lifted high in the air. Deep left center field. And it is gone. A three-run home run for Ellie De La Cruz. And that works, too. Here's the pitch. And Shohei drives the ball deep into right center. It's way out of here. Right out of the blocks here on this Wednesday. It's showtime. 2-0 Angels. And here's the next pitch. That's fouled back on the right side, back to the club level. And now the Angels are headed out to the mound. So there seems to be some concern about Otani. You just mentioned the velocity appeared to be down. He's not throwing a fastball above 94. That's going to end the day for Shohei. Yeah, he is going to leave. Yeah, there was been concern, obviously, with missing the last two weeks. Dial 602-260-1060. That's 602-260-1060. Or tweet the show at KDUSAM1060. And now, here's your sports own guide, Bob Kemp, on KDUSAM1060. And welcome to the Thursday, August 24th edition of the Sports Zone. Not just the news and scores, the news and scores with analysis. In today's Sports Zone, right here on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLUX HD 2 100.7, the Jets, J E T S, Jets, 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 over or under nine and a half wins in 2023. Notre Dame, over or under eight and a half wins in 2023. College football is realignment good for Notre Dame. The Cardinals, should they have traded Isaiah Simmons today, which if you haven't been following along, they did that this morning. The Angels, did uh, they over overuse, mismanage Shohei Otani, however you'd like to phrase that? And what else caught your eye since our last show? Here's today's schedule lineup on the show, which is the most informative sports talk Monday through Friday. In moments, we'll have the introduction of today's pipeline. 9.15, we'll have a Notre Dame season preview. 
in towards the end, a little brief uh, discussion of Notre Dame and Navy on Saturday. We'll talk with Mike Berardino of the South Bend Tribune and also NDInsider.com. 9.30 will be interactive action at 602, 260-1060, and also the local roundup. Among other things, we'll get to a little bit on the Diamondbacks starting that series tonight against the Reds. I had a lot more planned, but I'll explain that when we get to the 9.30 segment. Then the final segment of the sports zone will be the National Roundup. That'll be top by from the MLB scoreboard from yesterday. Then after the sports zone, from 10 to noon, it's the Extra Point hosted by Kayla. That will include a New York Jets season preview and also a college football, some college football discussion with Thomas Casale of the Action Network. On to the pipeline we go. Time for today's pipeline, where the host reveals the hot topics for discussion. And we start with the KDUS poll question at KDUS1060.com. And today's question is the 2023 New York Jets over or under nine and a half wins. And what's uh, going on there, Corey, as far as the early returns? So far, we have under leading 67% of the vote there, over nine and a half at 33% on KDUS1060.com. The Jets uh, have a playoff-level defense and skill players on offense, but Aaron Rodgers almost certainly will be operating behind the worst offensive line of his career. Meanwhile, today's Twitter poll question, Notre Dame over under. We're going to go eight and a half wins in our total thing here uh, for eight and a half wins in 2023. And, Corey, what's up here? Leading right now is under 8.5, 57.1% of the vote, over 8.5 at 42.9% on KDUSAM1060 on Twitter. The Irish have plenty of new faces in year two of the Marcus Freeman era. That includes two, uh, actually, as uh, including new offensive coordinator. They've been, well, I'll start that over. They have a new offensive coordinator, also a new special teams coordinator. You can make a case that their special teams were, in fact, a pretty easy case that they were their best unit last year. He went on to the NFL. Also, they have a new quarterback, even though that certainly appears to be an upgrade, with Sam Hartman. Now the quarterback, of course, he averaged more than 300 yards passing per game last year at Wake Forest. Meanwhile, sticking with the Notre Dame theme, uh, you know, longtime athletic director Jack Schwarbrick on uh, Wednesday, on the Dan Patrick Show on Wednesday, uh, declared that the college football realignment has been, quote, a complete disaster, end of quote. I don't know if he's thinking uh, Notre Dame's case uh, point of view on that or not when he said that, but is college football's realignment good or bad for the still independent Notre Dame? Meanwhile, on the local front, the Cardinals traded Isaiah Simmons this morning. The Cardinals drafted him eighth overall in the 2020 draft. Today, they traded him to the Giants for a seventh-round pick. Did the Cardinals do the right thing by trading Isaiah Simmons today? Meanwhile, the Diamondbacks and the Reds began a four-game series at Chase Field tonight. The Reds, much better on the road than they are at home which is kind of odd. They're better on the road than they are at home in the Great American Small Park. In fact, offensively, they're even better on the road away from the Great American Small Park. Makes no sense. Anyway, will the uh, Diamondbacks Diamondbacks win the four-game series against the Reds that starts today? The Reds swept a doubleheader yesterday from the Angels. 
and the Reds are now ahead of the Diamondbacks in the wild card race. Meanwhile, Spain, the Globe, speaking of the Angels, Shohei Otani uh, has a pitching elbow injury. The Angels uh, said uh, that he has a torn UCL and he will not pitch again this year. This uh, after he had to leave the game yesterday, the second, uh, first game, first game, first game of the doubleheader. I had to think that over for a second. First game of the doubleheader against the Reds. So, question is, did the Angels overwork, overuse Shohei Otani? Also, in addition to all these excellent topics and questions, what else caught your eye since our last show? That's the pipeline for today. We'll get to all these tremendous topics and much more during today's sensational radio program. Anything else in your mind falls into the general discussion category, so whether it is from the pipeline or a sports topic on your mind, 602-260-1060, or you can tweet the show at KDUSAM1060 or twitter.com slash KDUSAM1060. Basically, the only rules are accuracy and objectivity. If you violate those rules or if you're just simply bad, you will be the target of this. Coming up next, Corey, we'll have a news update. That'll be followed by a Notre Dame season preview. Mike Berardino will join us from the South Bend Tribune and also NDInsider.com. In addition, uh, just to give you a heads up, this is a pre-recorded thing that we did actually yesterday. He was flying from O'Hare to you know, Dublin, Ireland for Saturday's game. Yesterday we did this, uh, and uh, Mike passed along towards the end. Uh, the season win total that I used and asked him about was nine, and he mentioned that he's, there's some eight-and-a-halves out there, and, and I looked it up. There's actually more eight-and-a-halves out there, hence that's the reason we're using that number today. Once again, at the bottom of the hour, it be phone call time, general discussion, 602-260-1060. And also, we'll get to some local roundup. We'll get a little bit for the Reds and the uh, the Reds and the Diamondbacks series that starts tonight at Chase Field. You're listening to Sports with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLX HD 2 100.7. Your caddy, Ray Adams, takes you beyond the 18th hole on Saturday mornings with Great American Golf from 6 to 7 a.m. on KDUS AM 1060. Welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KS Lux HD 2 100.7. You're home of the Dan Patrick Show, live Monday through Friday from 6 to 9 a.m. Notre Dame kicks off uh, week zero play in college football on Saturday in Dublin, Ireland against uh, against Navy. Out to the KDUS hotline we go. We're now joined in the sports zone by Mike Berardino of the South Bend Tribune and also NDInsider.com. And, Mike, let's start with Marcus Freeman. He starts year two as the head coach. Uh, there are new offensive coordinator and a special teams coordinator, uh, new quarterback, albeit uh, what seems to be a significant upgrade. Maybe some questions about the running the ball and stopping the run. What, what are the biggest questions for you heading into the fall? Well, uh, I'll start with uh, Sam Hartman and the uh, receiver core and the tight end group that um, has to get used to his his ways, um, which have been successful, but with uh, a different band of receivers uh, and targets over the years at Wake Forest. So this is a group that's uh, very much all potential based, not a lot of production aside from Jaden Thomas, you know, the tight ends who come back their career production 
was basically Michael Mayer's one game against BYU. That was the, the, the total. You could swap that out. Michael Mayer not here anymore. He's a Raider. So Sam Hartman's going to have to lift that group. Um, I think he can, and I think they're worth lifting and able to to uh, be successful and, and productive all year. Guys like Tobias Merriweather, uh, Deion Colsey, Chris Tyrees, a slot receiver now, a uh, track star who had been in the kind of blocked in the in the backfield. Audric Estime is the uh, lead dog there in the in the backfield. You mentioned Hartman. He threw for more than 300 yards per game last season at Wake Forest. Is Notre Dame uh, now a throw-first offense or at least a faster pace under the new offensive coordinator, Gerard Baker? And what what are realistic statistical uh, expectations for Hartman this year? Well, the uh, first thing is unless you know of a uh, of a dome that's coming to Notre Dame Stadium, I think it would be wise, uh, considering the geography and the weather, to always have uh, – ground and pound in, in the playbook. And, um, you know, they, Marcus Freeman talks often about a, an offense and defensive line-driven program. Um, they have to be able to do the very basics, and uh, that's the tradition. They, they now can stretch the field as well, which should open up more running lanes for, you know, Estime himself uh, averaged nearly six yards a carry last year. So even though there's been some changeover on the offensive line, two new starting guards, they have an All-American at left tackle and Joe Alt. They have a potential All-America and certainly a first-round possibility in, at right tackle and Blake Fisher. And they have an experienced center in Zeke Carell. When they need to run, when they need to pick up uh, short yardage uh, situations, uh, I, I think uh, it'll be on the ground. It's not going to be a finesse team, but it's a team that will have quick strike capability. Freeman, his first season in Notre Dame, they failed to make some big plays in fourth quarters against uh, Ohio State and USC in losses. They lost close home games to Marshall and Stanford. How much of that was Freeman being a first-year coach, and might uh, what might he address uh, in his second season? Well, certainly there was a learning curve. He doesn't run from that. Um, and it would also be foolish to think that just because it's year two, that he's made his last coaching mistake, whether that's in preparation, whether that's in the, the messaging, or that's something on the field, something as simple as uh, uh, refusing to take an easy three points against Stanford early in that game, going forward on fourth and short, and then later losing a two-pointer at home to a bad Stanford team. He brought that up uh, this offseason when we spoke, that uh, that's something that, that resonates with him. And, and uh, he, he said that back then I was just going by the analytics and he's going to still have a, a blend of analytics, but also more room for the instinct and the gut decisions of a second-year head coach now. Um, you know, I, I do think that he's, he's, he's got a staff in place that has just two holdovers now uh, from the Brian Kelly era, uh, and one of those is someone that Marcus Freeman went to high school with, and Mike Mickens, who's an excellent cornerback coach. So... Uh, there's a comfort level, there's a uh, trust level, there's, uh, there's continuity, there's consistency in messaging. We'll see how uh, important it is to, for everybody to be saying velocity or clarity equals velocity. See, I screwed it up. Clarity equals velocity. We hear that a lot. And uh, that's what they want the players to do. Play fast, you know, uh, don't be uh, indecisive. Well, let's see if that applies to the, the head coach and, of course, uh, a new offensive coordinator and Jared Parker as well. 
Mike Berardino of the South Bend Tribune and Notre Dame Insider, ND Insider, currently in the sports zone. You mentioned Michael Mayer. He's moved on to the NFL. How do they try to at least compensate for some of what he was able to deliver in his time at Notre Dame? Well, you know, in some ways it could be liberating um, for the offense. Obviously, Tommy Reese was the play caller. He's now a play caller at Alabama. Drew Pine was the primary quarterback. He's at Arizona State and now and now injured. But Hartman, uh, I don't think, will be tempted to lock into any one third down target. That's what would happen over and over last year with Mayer. And sometimes it worked, and sometimes he was just double covered, uh, and and there was no way to get to beat that. So uh, you're going to look for guys like Holden Stays. They call themselves tight end you here because every tight end going back like a decade and a half who started here has been primary starter has eventually been drafted into the NFL. So it's on Holden stays uh, a, a sophomore now um, to continue that. It's on Mitchell Evans who caught the game winning touchdown in the Gator bowl um, to extend that. And um, those are the two guys. Kevin Bauman was being expected. He's being counted on uh, as another piece of that, um, but he's out for the year with another torn ACL. Another name to keep in mind at tight end is Eli Raritan, who's coming off a torn ACL, but is a little behind schedule, but was actually one of the most efficient blockers in the country last year. And at 6'6", 6'7", he's a nice inviting target down the field as well. You know, you mentioned uh, the ground and pound idea and obviously the, you know, the cold weather and, and so forth. Uh, the running game last year was 35th in the nation. What's what's a realistic expectation for that group and that uh, you know that number this year? Well, it, you know some of it will depend on getting into a rhythm, and I do think Estime has the potential to be a. You know, he was he just missed a thousand yard season last year while splitting time with Tyree, the aforementioned Tyree, now in the slot, and with Logan Diggs, who transferred down to LSU back home. Um, you're going to hear uh, the, the, the uh, change of pace backs now are Jabron Payne, who's untested. He's a, he's a redshirt freshman. And um, Jadarian Price, who comes off an Achilles tear that, that wiped out his what would have been his freshman season. So those are a couple of names. I also have uh, Penn State transfer Devin Ford, who's more going to – I think we're going to see him more in special teams, kickoff returner, but potential out of the backfield. And um, – there's, there's a freshman who's blazing fast named Jeremiah Love. Not sure how much we'll see him because one of the things you have to do, but I do think if we see him, he'll, he'll be fun to watch. One of the things you have to do in this offense to get on the field as a running back for Dylan McCullough is, is blitz pickup. You must be mm. airtight in pass protection, whether you have a Wake Forest grad transfer that was the, the toast of the offseason and Sam Hartman or not, you cannot blow that, and Navy will be quite a test for him because Navy brings it. Meanwhile, on the defensive side, I want to start with uh, Phoenix Brophy Prep product. Uh, Benjamin Mason started a lot of last season uh, as a freshman at corner. What uh, most impresses you about Morrison? Ben Morrison, uh, second team All-America. I, I get to vote for the AP uh, uh, for that, and I had him first team um, just because we get to see him. We're, we're, it's fun to watch. You know, the six interceptions last year, uh, tied the program freshman record. Freshmen are only eligible going back to 1972. And Luther Bradley, 
the former Lion. Um, he's all, still the all-time leader in interceptions. Spoke with him recently, all-time leader in Notre Dame program history in interceptions. Well, he had six as a freshman in 1973. So he'd be more than fine if Ben Morrison wants to go on and break Luther's record of 17 interceptions at Notre Dame. But I think we all know that uh, there's, you know, with the way the system works and, and with the early profile the scouts are well aware in the nfl of, of ben morrison's shutdown capability plus so are opposing offensive coordinators and quarterbacks i don't think he'll be challenged as much this year and and that's that's natural so the interceptions may drop off but the pro football focus efficiency numbers figure to stay very high the quarterback rating allowed uh on pff will again be tiny and um, Cam Hart is a senior captain, and he's a, he's a graduate student, and he's the other corner. And I, I just think that Notre Dame's uh, got a potential to have a really good secondary. I remember Luther Bradley from back in the day. All right. Okay. Right? So defensive coordinator, yeah. Shut, yeah. shut down. I'm old. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, defensive <laughs> coordinator Al Golden. He's back as a <laughs> – the old timers segment here. Uh, Gal Golden uh, back in you know, he was a, obviously he's been a head coach in college and an NFL assistant coach. What do you look from him and his defense in week two at Notre Dame? Or excuse me, year two at Notre Dame. Well, Al Golden, you know, with the the half dozen years that he spent in the NFL, some of those with the Bengals reached the Super Bowl. Um, you know, this is a guy who's uh, had not called the defense, had not been the coordinator going back. Um, to his assistant days at Virginia. He had to go back to like the Al Gro day. There's another name for you, Al Gro, uh, still <laughs> out there, still a, a, you know in the Parcells tree. But um, uh, Al Golden, may, basically the offseason mantra was simplify. He threw a lot, maybe he threw an NFL level uh, menu at these guys last year on defense and asked them to master it and to play fast. And there was some indecisiveness and and it led to some problems, uh, even with the career sack leader, Isaiah Foskey, uh, now with the Saints, even with Foskey on, on the pass rush, they, they were not efficient, according to PFF overall. They were, they were pretty much uh, in the top, around 50th in the country, getting to the quarterback, of affecting the quarterback. They need to do that more now with a different cast of characters and basically just turn these, these athletes, these they talk a lot about violence here. They want on-field violence. Well, Jordan Botello can bring that from what they call the Viper spot. That was Foskey's old spot. Um, a guy named Junior Tui Halamaka from Southern California can bring that. Um, Josh Burnham is a the guy they're going to turn loose. And then look for Jalen Sneed to really be kind of this, uh, they call it the rover, but that's really, that's, he's going to play that spot. But I think he's just going to be this chess piece for him. He's a, he's a red shirt freshman was a five-star signee from Hilton Head, South Carolina. And, Anytime he was on the field last year, whether it was against Navy, whether it was against South Carolina in the bowl game, he flashes and he changes the game. He's a plan wrecker. He's a problem for opposing offenses. And I think Jalen Sneed uh, is going to be that piece for Al Golden that will cover up any other uh, mistakes on that defense. Special teams. They blocked seven kicks last year, but the coordinators moved on to the NFL They've had to replace their primary kicker and punter from last season. What are expect, expectations for the special teams group this year? Well, I, I you know unofficially I'm setting the over under on uh, punt blocks uh, for the Notre Dame special teams at uh, 
uh, 1.5, uh, maybe 0 0.5. It's going to be really hard to uh, to beat that again. Everybody knows how they did it last year, even though Brian Mason is a, like he's a, a wizard with that. And I will say Marty Biaggi, the new special teams coordinator, comes most recently from Ole Miss. He has a track record at Purdue, at North Texas, of affecting punters. But he talks openly that they want to be more effective in the punt return, and that's where the speed of Chris Tyree could be interesting. He's been a kickoff returner. That's going to be a punt returner. Notre Dame's been fair catch you for way too long, and I think they want to start uh, affecting, setting up a better field position for Hartman and company off of the punt return. The kicker is a grad transfer. Everybody's, you know, we're in the era of you get long snappers via grad transfer, not at Notre Dame. Long snappers, uh, fourth fourth-year starter. He's a sixth-year senior, Michael Milk Vinson. Uh, almost uh, should have been named team captain, really. But uh, Spencer Schrader is a huge leg. I mean, this guy, uh, they'll, they, you may see them attempt a 60-yard field goal at some point this year and not necessarily out of desperation because we've seen him uh, three-quarters of the way up the, uh, the uh, goalposts from, like, 58. So this guy, uh, I don't know about the accuracy, but the strength is certainly there. Uh, and the punter is Bryce McPherson. He's a, um, he was here last year. He's a redshirt freshman and was a highly recruited punter. Originally committed to Wake Forest, never got to be the punter for Sam Hartman, who you hope you never have to punt when you have Sam Hartman, but occasionally you will. And now they are teammates at Notre Dame. Okay, last up, two-parter here. Uh, Notre Dame consistent, consensus, roughly a 20-and-a-half-point favorite on Saturday against Navy. Does Notre Dame cover the 20-and-a-half? And also season win total, the consensus is nine. So we're uh, over or under nine wins this season. Well, I'll take the second part first, please. I, I've seen eight and a half more recently. It seems to be trending down, and that would uh, I would you know this is not my my gig, but uh, I would say that people in that realm should be considering uh, nine wins as not necessarily safe, but as the minimum because uh, they do have Ohio State and USC coming to South Bend this year under the lights, and I think Notre Dame can split those at Clemson. That's that's a tough call. That's a tough task. I, nine and three feels about right for the regular season. As far as uh, uh, what was the first part? I see. I never take the second part first because you forget the first part. You're asking <laughs> no me, problem. You're asking me about 20... the, the opener, of course. Uh, take the yeah, points on 20... that one. Uh, okay. Uh, Navy. I did a little research. Uh, not just for your show, but I'm going to try it out again. Uh, I look back the last two years, even in the last two years of Ken Nui Matololo. Uh, Navy, when getting 12 points or more, was a perfect 6-0 and and was 14-6 and overall against the spread as an underdog. So they, they are uh, they're not bad in this spot. This, they're comfortable in this spot. They're getting almost three touchdowns. Notre Dame, conversely, in one year under Marcus Freeman, one in five when giving at least six points. So uh, I would say that um, you know, those trends would point me, small trends, small sample size, but Navy's always tricky. Newberry drove him crazy as a defensive coordinator last year, five sacks in the second half. Now he's the head coach. They're going to, I think, unleash the hounds. And uh, the fact that you've got a little jet lag thrown in there, too, and a little you know, debut rollout pressure for uh, Sam Hartman, I, I think it will be a compelling game. I say Notre Dame uh, wins by 10. Hey, Mike, this has been great. I appreciate it. Uh, you know, have a fun time. Looks like uh, that would right. be a blast, awesome. I would think. So have a good time and uh, 
Don't work too hard. Or actually work hard. Whatever. All right. Thank <laughs> Whatever. But just just remember Luther Bradley. There you go. Thank you, Bob. That's right. I, I wouldn't expect any Luther Bradley <laughs> comment, so that's good. Okay, have a good one. We'll talk to you, I'm oh, sure, during the season. Thanks. Mike Berardino of the South Bend Tribune and also ND Insider. In the next segment, it'll be phone call time, 602-260-1060. Also, today's local roundup. You're listening to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KISS Lux HD 2 100.7. It's time for today's local roundup. Welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KISS Lux HD 2 100.7. In addition to the local roundup, it is phone call time if you want to get in 602-260-1060. Also, just a real quick uh, preview here of the Diamondbacks and the Reds. They begin a four-game series tonight. The Reds win the doubleheader. They won both games of the doubleheader against the Angels yesterday. More in the Angels' awful day in the next segment. But uh, the Reds now ahead of the Diamondbacks in the wild card chase. That's, you know, that seemingly changes every day and probably going to change almost every day from now until the end of the season, as long as there's four or five teams involved in the so called wild card chase. Uh, tonight, uh, the first of the four game series at Chase Field, the scheduled pitching matchup. Uh, Brandon Williamson goes for the Reds, who's actually been pretty good here of late. Uh, four and three with a 4.36 earned run average on the season. Uh, he has 76 strikeouts in the year. Merrill Kelly goes tonight for the Diamondbacks. 10 and five with a tweet, uh, 3.27 earned run average. His WHIP is, I'm sure, a little higher than he would hope at 118. Uh, but uh, certainly, uh, you know, the second most effective starter for the Diamondbacks this season. Uh, the Reds are actually, and the Diamondbacks, strange. Both of these teams are better on the road. Than they've been at home this year, not just record-wise, but they've also been better offensively on the road. I think that's even more odd for the Reds, who play in the Great American Small Park for their home games, but their road numbers offensively have been better away from Cincinnati. The Diamondbacks, for instance, just 32-31 and 31 at home this year. They're 66-61 and 61 overall. They are, if anybody can figure this out ahead of time, it's a bettable thing, but if they, you know, they, most teams that have more hits win the game, but the Diamondbacks have a 47-15 and 15 record when they actually have more hits than their opponent. That's an you know, inordinate amount of a difference there. Usually, as I mentioned, if you out-hit your opponent, you're most likely going to win the game, but not at that rate. Uh, so we'll see what happens. The Reds this year, 36-27 and 27 on the road. Uh, they've got they have, they've hit a lot of home runs, but they've actually the home run splits pretty much the same home and road, even though they play in a smaller home ballpark. But they have 148 home runs on the season. That is eighth in the National League, which I would have actually thought would have been higher. All right, let's go to the phone lines. Let's go to Matt in Phoenix. Hi, Matt. Bob, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good. I'm doing well. You mean the Angels' awful 30 days? or so that it's been um, considering How about 10 years trade deadline. Yeah. That's, that's totally fair. Yeah. But that these is, last 30 days are just kind of oh, sum up the last 10 years or so. Yes. Horrific. Um, we'll talk a little bit about uh, Notre Dame. Um, you know, Hartman, obviously a tremendous upgrade from what they had last year, but 
One thing I want to say is I, I, I watch a lot of bad football, so excuse me for, for that. Um, I watched a lot of Wake <laughs> not Forest. My, not, not my problem. <laughs> <laughs> I watched a lot of Wake Forest last year, and I would, I, I would think it's yeah, I did, to say that I did he, too. Okay. That he benefited greatly from I, – I, I don't know that you would as much call it throwing the ball up, but having the ability to do so to a, a talented group of – of wide receivers, including A.T. Perry, who I thought was a really good college receiver. Um, yeah. And he doesn't have that this year. I mean, at least to start the year, Notre Dame's wide receiver core is one of the big question marks on their team. So I wonder if they kind mm-hmm. of potentially get off to a slow start offensively because of that. Yeah, I think that's a real good point. I mean, uh, you know, no question, uh, the Notre Dame's receivers, you know, other than obviously Mayer, uh, were not good last year, and he's yeah. gone. Uh, so we'll see how they uh, try to. During the season last Absol- year. Absolutely, and the fact that they didn't run the ball particularly well, and you know they yep. had, they always have offensive linemen, even though they have to replace both their starting guards from last year, which is maybe somewhat of an issue to start the year. So we'll see how that goes. But the fact that they were unable to run the ball very well last year, also I think Hartman's numbers, and I like Hartman a lot as far as a college quarterback. I'm not really sure after this. I mean, yeah. if he if he were any good, he would have just gone to the uh, – well, I shouldn't rephrase that. If he were highly thought of in the NFL, yeah. he would have just gone to the NFL and not opted to play another year in college and transfer to Notre Dame. But I think he's a good college quarterback, but also think his numbers were really inflated because their defense sucked at Wake Forest. Without and he had to play – he had to play from behind basically for four years. Yeah. They were behind. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, also, piggybacking on what your guest said, since 2005, uh, I've, I've done the research on this, service academies getting 14 or more, 42, 22, and 2 uh, ATS. Um, so I am on Navy, uh, plus I found a, a 21 minus 112. So um, that is that is my side uh, of this game, and with the total seemingly going down uh, because of potential weather, um, I yeah. think that makes them. I, I think it makes the underdog a bit more valuable. Yeah, the weather might be really bad. Apparently, uh, yeah. you know, hard to believe. Uh, you know, in Ireland there might be bad weather. I'm not an Ireland <laughs> weather person, but I seem. I'm not. I certainly wasn't surprised when I heard about that yesterday. I will say one thing about those numbers, though, as far as the service academies. I think it's much more difficult to play them during yeah. the season and not when you've had yeah. you know six months to prepare for a game and it's a first sure. game. You yeah. know, I think it's really tough to you know play, especially if you're in a conference and you have to you know step out of conference play and whatever because the the blocking schemes and Absolutely. seems like every year there's a couple of uh, knee injuries to the opponent defensive linemen yep. because of chop blocks that are you know legal but should be illegal and so forth. So I think that that's a better, more of a, a number that I would personally pay attention to if it were a you know, mid-season game. I think that's fair. I wonder if the change of offensive coordinator at Navy kind of negates that. Maybe they have some, uh, some new tricks under their sleeve. I heard their quarterback is a bit more adept than the usual guy at, at potentially throwing the football. So um, yeah, well, that that wouldn't be difficult because they haven't yeah. had a passing quarterback since maybe Roger Staubach. So it's been it's been a while. Unlike yeah. the National League, Bob, where you know it'd be surprising if one or two teams, um, probably even one, as good as Atlanta is, don't get to the World Series. 
Um, the American League seems legitimately wide open. Um, do you believe that's the case? And if the Astros, you know, get in, are, are they a favorite because of their experience and, and playoff track record? I'm really disappointed at the Astros. I keep thinking oh that they're going to figure this out. Yeah, yeah and uh, they just, even when their guys are healthy, which has not been very often, quite frankly, but it, it's as close as they're going to get to intact, uh, they just, like last weekend, they get swept at home. And yep. uh, by you know, by Milwaukee, who which really had struggled previously. Was that, was that Milwaukee? I got their series mixed up. That was Texas. They, they swept Milwaukee. So my bad. Um, but anyway, the, the Astros, I just, I, I've kind of gotten off the bandwagon, quote unquote, okay. here. I will say one thing, though. The more I watch the American League, the teams actually play, the less I think of them. Oh, I totally uh, agree. I mean, if you just kind of look at the numbers and so forth, you think that it's just you know, two different worlds other than the Braves. It's the American League and then it's the National League, and the Braves would maybe be the only team that could compete in the American League. I've changed my opinion on that because yeah. I just don't know if any you – know, obviously the Rays collapse has made a, had a bit a lot to do with this. You know, Houston not being nearly as good. And maybe I'm just going on recency bias here that, you know, Texas is obviously now in a six-game losing streak. Before this yep. uh, six-game losing streak, they hadn't lost more than three games in a row at any point this season. So maybe that's uh, warped my opinion there. And I still can't believe in Baltimore's pitching. And now with Flaherty maybe out long term, uh, then I, you know, I thought that you know, he wasn't great, but he was better than what they had. Absolutely. And you know, well, Wells is coming back, but they've already said that he will not start another game for them this season. He's just going to strictly be a bullpen guy. I also have questions if their bullpen's worn down. Um, I think it's. Oh, I think it definitely is. Yeah, really struggle here I recently, think... and that's got to be the reason. I actually think that's part of the problems for a lot of these American League teams, quite frankly, is because many of them have, you know, the good teams, many of them, Baltimore first on this list, have just overused and abused their bullpen beyond belief. Yeah. The Reds are a National League example of that, right? They're yeah, in here for the next few days, and, you know, they've got, you know, I forgot the stat I heard yesterday, uh, the X number of games they have, like four guys that have pitched more than, you know, 40 or you know more than that like 50 games this year and that's more than any team in the national league so but yeah, the, Texas the, they're starting has gotten some quality starting pitching doesn't have a very good bullpen so right um, and their starting <laughs> pitching is now not as good either yeah, so whatever is. reason and you know they obviously they need a Valdi back and i know he threw a bullpen session but uh Anybody that uh, – I think Bruce Bochy is a tremendous manager. It would be stupid to say otherwise. He's going to be in the Hall of Fame whenever he retires long enough to become eligible. Yep. But I thought they and he did a horrendous job managing Evaldi in the early of the season. Absolutely. I remember at the All-Star break he was on pace to throw 225 innings. Yeah. And this is a guy that's already had two Tommy John surgeries. Yep. I couldn't agree more. I appreciate it as always, Bob. Take care and – the college okay. Good stuff. Weekend. Oh, yeah, it's week zero. Not much for that. So we'll have we'll talk some college football in the next hour, though. So stay tuned for that during the extra point. All right, good stuff. Thank you very much. Okay, uh, the Dodgers, by the way, rained out yesterday. Now they're playing the conclusion of the suspended game right now in Cleveland. 
They've increased the lead to four to one. It just, of course, went to a, oh, they're showing some kind of replay, so I don't see, I don't know, oh, by, top of the fourth, bottom of the fourth, bottom of the fourth, uh, the Dodgers lead that game. Then they're uh, about 30 minutes after that game concludes, the suspended game, they're going to play game two in Cleveland today and get get that series over with and the Dodgers get out of town. Gavin Williams, interesting and impressive find, young rookie pitcher for Cleveland, scheduled to pitch that game against Ryan Pepio who's been up and down for the last couple of years, was at one time considered to maybe be the top Dodgers pitching prospect. I don't think he is uh, considered that anymore. All right, next segment, we'll wrap up the sports zone after Corey's uh, update. Uh, we'll get to uh, Shohei Otani. Um, this is terrible. Remember, he's already had one Tommy John surgery in his career. Uh, he's been shut down from pitching for the rest of the season. I don't quite understand how he can pitch the first game of a doubleheader. They actually they took him out as a hitter in that first game. He has an MRI like between the time that he left the game and the start of the second game of the doubleheader yesterday. And they determined that he has a UCL tear. And then they let him play as a hitter in the second game. What are they doing? I mean, I've been saying about the Angels for you know, literally 10, approximately 10 years now. What are they doing? It's a frequently asked question by me and others regarding the Angels of Anaheim. It's time for today's National Roundup. Welcome back. Final segment of the day's Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUSAM 1060 and KISS Lux HD 2 100.7. Let's uh, quickly whip through as much stuff as I can get to. The Angels' bad August hit rock bottom yesterday. Uh, Shohei Otani has a torn UCL, as I mentioned, uh, the circumstances at the end of the last segment. Uh, he's done pitching for the rest of this season. They don't play today, so I'm um, doubtful whether there's going to be an official announcement. Why would they allow him to continue to pitch? Or, excuse me, to hit. Excuse me. He's not going to pitch the rest of the season. Why would they just let him even hit? But uh, he should have the surgery now, but it may be really you know, the Angels. not their decision. He's a free agent at the end of the year. I'm guessing his representation and Otani, Team Otani, so to speak, uh, will be in charge of how this goes the rest of the year. Meanwhile, Mike Trout, unfortunately, uh, is out again. He didn't even make it through a whole week. Uh, problems with uh, his swing coming off the wrist injury from earlier this summer. First week of July, he was out, and he is out until this week. And he made it like three games, and now he's done for a while. I would assume he could be out for the season, even though they didn't officially say that yesterday. Meanwhile, the Brewers... Uh, beat, uh, actually, they kind of, they, they, they basically blew a lead yesterday, and then they beat the Twins 116 degrees on the heat index yesterday. Several players, including starting pitcher Corbin Burns and the umpire crew, uh, were all affected by the heat in uh, Milwaukee last uh, yesterday. They actually left the roof open uh, so people, the fans, could take advantage of the shade. They've got one of those funky little roofs where... You know, the sun you know, bleeds in and so forth when it's closed. So anyway, that happened yesterday in Milwaukee, but uh, the Brewers won that game. The Cubs blew a, re a lead, but then they rallied late in the game, and they won at Detroit. Uh, the Cubs now 9-1-1 one one in their last uh, 
11 series. And uh, the Cubs, uh, Alzale got the save yesterday in the ninth inning, and he's been unbelievable in that role once they finally figured out he was the guy for the role. Uh, he's had 15 consecutive save opportunities converted for the Cubs. All right, some other quick things uh, from the wire and uh, you know, rip, through, uh, rip from the headlines. Bold old teams have inquired about the trade possibility of the Colts running back, uh, you know, Jonathan Taylor, including the Dolphins. Uh, so we'll see how that ends up going. The Dolphins were supposedly, definitely, I don't think supposedly is even an accurate word there, definitely were interested in Dalvin Cook before he signed with the Jets. Also, contrary to what I said on Wednesday, the Niners are exploring trade options for Trey Lance. We'll see how that goes. The Jets announced the retirement of former fifth overall pick of the 2017 draft, Corey Davis, uh, who I loved when he was at Western Michigan and thought he was going to be a good NFL player. He might have been had he not had tons of injuries. All right, that's it for the Sports Zone for today. Stay tuned. The Extra Point coming up next, hosted by Kayla. We'll have some college football discussion, so stay tuned for that. And then we'll also preview the uh, New York Jets as we continue our NFC East, or excuse me, AFC East previews this week. Dan Leberfeld will join us. And we'll get the latest on the Jets. Of course, uh, I'm sure many of you have watched them on Hard Knocks. Have we really learned anything from Hard Knocks? Uh, The Jets will play their starters this weekend in the preseason finale against the Giants. Thanks for listening. This has been the Sports with Bob Kemp. Have a great rest of the day and stay tuned. Extra points coming next.